everybody. It's great to be here one more time today. And my name is Gary Fowler, and I'm the CEO, president, and founder of GSD Get You Done Venture Studios, a premier AI and quantum venture studio located in the heart, yes, the heart of Silicon Valley, Palo Alto, California. I'm a 17-time serial entrepreneur with a couple of unicorns under the belt. I was on the original management team of Click Software, which was sold to Salesforce for $1.35 billion, and also EVA.ai, an AI HR tech company. Anyhow, I've got a great friend and guest today. John's going to be talking about, and he just did a book on, and he's been doing a lot with ChatGPT. So we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about funding and we're going to talk about how he's doing today. So with that, hey, John, how you doing, buddy? Hi, Gary. Good to see you as always. I like that. John funding. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, because I do various kind of funding aspects, as you know, and, and we look for different deals. Right now, I'm working with Hardcore Enterprises, which we just acquired Signal Ways, and uh, we're looking for acquisition targets and funding opportunities there. And uh, funding sounded better than freed, you know. But yeah, I guess no, I, with I, the right I mean, funding, I, you could I, be free. I, I like, yeah, you're free. You're free in the funding. That's great. So, John, now tell me a little bit about it. I understand you just got married recently. I did just get married to a wonderful girl. Her name is uh, Rebecca Short, and so I used her last name for the book. I wrote that under the name Jack Short. Um, she's from Kansas. She's uh, very smart, a DO, and and uh, you know we're here in San Francisco. We're not too far away from you, you know, but it's uh, polar opposites lifestyle in San Francisco versus the Valley. Yeah, what's going right. on in San Francisco these days? Well, you know, it, it's weird because it's about to come back. It, it still hasn't fully come back. The financial district is very is still very shut off. Mayor London Breed has talked about how to change the zoning to allow biotech companies to, to start taking those office spaces and all that. But the rest of the city, North Beach, the marina, all the neighborhoods where there's restaurants and shops, those are coming back quite big. I'm here at Canopy. Which is like a high-end WeWork. I mean, I shouldn't say it that way, but that's. Well, oh, you're is. there right now. I see people in the. I yes. can see in the glass behind you. I see people yes, working yes. on the computer. And later, I'll show you. I got a beautiful view of Telegraph Hill, and uh, it's great here. But San Francisco is, is on the on the on the rise again. You know, people thought with the pandemic, we're all coming down into remote work and all that. But there's a value to being together, and we see that with ChatGPT. You know, coming out of Hayes Valley, people are moving from New York, they're moving from all over to come and find the Hayes Valley to talk about generative AI and all that. Jackson Square here, we got Angel List down on the corner and all that. So, you know, there is a value to being near everybody and the coffee shop discussions and the, you know, water cooler uh, chit chat. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. Important. It's, it's coming so, back. So it's coming back. And uh, I mean, it, how does it feel? Are the layoffs affecting in San Francisco? Do you feel that like with Salesforce and Twitter? And I mean, do you feel that? Is it, is it obvious oh, or yeah. yeah? Well, you know, you feel it down in the financial center. I always like Jackson Square because it's the historic part of San Francisco, but it's right on the border. It's right next to the Transamerica building. So we're, we're right here on Montgomery Street. If you, I go one block down all the way to market, it's pretty quiet, you know, and you go all the way down to like LinkedIn headquarters and all that. And that's pretty quiet. That is pretty quiet. They say, uh, you know, with 
remote work and all that, that people, one third of the people are going to work remotely, you know, but there's really a 70% vacancy rate, I would say. You know, really? they're not talking, that's, they're that's, not talking that way. Wow, that's unbelievable. And so yeah. what's happening, John? Are they moving out of the city and moving to Vegas or Austin and then, you know, just uh, tied into the headquarters or what are they doing? Well, you know, with Web 3.0 and the progress of technology, this decentralized workforce, you know, there's this personality, there's this characteristic in society that we're having where we're, we're kind of finding our independence. You know, we come out of a pandemic. A lot of people did a self, you know, soul searching. They were stressed out, things like that. What's the value of going into the office? You know, I know one, uh, one company I really love, which is Lunar Bank. It's out of, you know, Norway, I think. Um, they're converting their office space to be more like a gym social. So the people come together to work, you know, to work out, to be friendly, and then they can still go home and work, right? So the, the definition of commercial space is going to change, you know? I yeah, think. it's interesting. You know, you see this transition. Interesting part, you know, I've seen this, the ups and downs and ins and outs of Silicon Valley. I mean, since the late 80s, uh, 90s, uh, 2001, 2000. I mean, it's just the way it is. And I remember coming into San Francisco after March of 2000 and for the next year coming up and there were all these startups that were, it was so robust. It was unbelievable. And they just like, it was a ghost town, you know, and they came out and then guess what? The ones that survived became the next, uh, you know, the sales forces of the world. It was unbelievable. You know, I'm, I'm uh, five generations in San Francisco. And, you know, and the thing we see is that California is a pioneer town. It's a pioneer state. California is, you know, a boom bust. We had the gold rush. We had, you know, so we're used to this boom and bust, this boom and bust. And finding that next thing, Howard Hughes, I just watched the Aviator movie, you know, and you just realize that it, it attracts, it attracts people. It has a, New York, they say, has a personality, you know, that's distinct. This distinctively New York brand. California yeah. has that as well. Different brand, but you know, and, and that well, transfers that mentality transfers. Let's just hope yeah. we don't get like Howard Hughes and start growing long fingernails and long hair, right? Right. <laughs> you should have seen me. Yeah. You should have seen me at the height of the pandemic. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, how what was it like in San Francisco during the pandemic, John? Oh man. Well. It's funny because in the beginning, I thought I would be like Howard Hughes and I ran off to Palm Springs to get that desert air to avoid the germs. Yeah, yeah. But then it, it lasted so long, it came back. Um, everything was underground. You know, people still met. Restaurants were still kind of open, but the doors were closed. You had to know really? somebody. Oh, yeah. And, and you, you like got to meet your neighbor. Hmm? Yeah. Like prohibition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Knock on the door and a little thing opens up and they look at you and, they, you know, come on in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was cool, uh, at the time I was living by Coit Tower, which is, well, you can't see it from here, but it's right there. And uh, there was a daily yoga that people would do from the rooftop. So you would look out on your rooftop and you could see all your neighbors doing yoga together, you know? Seriously? It was cool. It was yeah, yeah. That like a movie. that's really interesting oh my god that's great so you you survived through that they came out you got married when did you get married so november 28th 
Well, 20 minutes. I, Sorry, don't don't tell her I messed up. The well, book wait. starts on the 28th. Sure. <laughs> Remember, today's Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. You got big plans? Uh, we're just going to go out to dinner. I got my wife some jewelry, and you know, we're going to go out and have dinner and relax a little bit, have some fun together. Well, one year ago today, I was in New York City. We had just taken Hardcore Public, which is an enterprise software solution, the biggest in Japan, and we took them public on NASDAQ. So I think today we had our celebration dinner at Gallagher's. Do you know Gallagher's Steakhouse? Yeah, in yeah, New York sure. City, that was a great place. And uh, we just had a, a big a big meal. So this year, it's just going to be me and the missus and a small meal. But last well, year, was, we had a big that party. Like you're real happy now, John. Yeah, everything is great. Everything is great, you know? That's super. Yeah, super. yeah we're still yeah. working on the AI companies. We have 127 companies in the portfolio now from 55 countries. And especially we're working with companies that are utilizing ChatGPT. So they're from places like Nigeria, Ghana, Zambia. They're from Florida. They're from Indonesia, Malaysia, the Czech Republic. But there's this incredible amount of these companies, this next wave of these unsupervised ChatGPT companies coming out. And the things that they're doing now are just unbelievable. It's like, you know, you can't even compare it to two years ago. It's like a different world already. And these are the companies that are going to be the next Twitters and Facebooks, the ones that are going to make our lives a lot better and solve, you know, global warming issues with global warming to be able to help us to understand and make corrective actions. But it's, it's you know, in fact, I heard the statistic. I met with um, this guy, uh, Sayud Dandata. He's the wealthiest family. They're the wealthiest family in Africa. Really nice person. But he was telling me, he's from Nigeria, he said the population of Nigeria is 270 million. But in five years, it's estimated to be 1 billion just in that country. Wow. Yeah, that's so, a lot of growth. Well, that's there's a lot 1, of growth. You know, 1.4 billion people in Africa and estimated that Africa will be bigger than the combined population of China and India by the end of the century. And so, you know, we got to start looking to these places where there are opportunities, right? And sometimes we were recently in Africa, there aren't enough um, people from Europe, people from the US that are down there. And, you know, Silicon Valley is a great gateway, a port to the rest of the world. And this is like, there's abundance of these companies like Patricia and Flutterwave that are now, you know, approaching billion dollar valuations. It's unbelievable. And we need to yeah. be able to, you know, it's like having a Ferrari out of the, in the garage, I tell them. You got to get your Ferrari out of the garage and drive it around. You know, we want to help. You know, I always believe in what's called battlefield testing. A lot of technology companies, they like to do testing in an incubator, isolated from the world, and just, you know, run tests in the design and review, verification, and things like that. But I've always thought just taking it to the public as fast as possible build the, the community of support and just beta test it. Chat GPT, I mean, that was a beta that came out in November 29 and it, it just took off. I think Microsoft put 10 billion into it. And um, it's just, it's amazing what generative AI can do. And what we can see is that it's still skewed. The human is still necessary. The human is still an important part because, and to make an analogy, it's almost like, does math beat intuition, right? And math statistically, the right answer can come over and over and over again. 
but still as, as human beings we still need to feel that it is right you know yeah. and and so you know what's but john think about this when you have this emotion ai right then it's kind of mm -hmm. like your grandmother you know here mm -hmm. we now have intelligence right you imagine reading all the books in the world and basically knowing everything i mean truly like an oracle yeah. uh but now the situation with this in fact it's like a star trek movie to be honest with you mm -hmm. i mean it's like it's like how how those that's better than a greek movies, tragedy it's yeah. it's unbelievable isn't it right but, yeah i mean think about how much our world's going to change in the lifetime of your kids in terms of you know how much longer they're going to live what the quality of life is going to be how they're going to be able to i mean it democratizes things you got chat gpt you don't have to be the brightest person out there but you have access to all the knowledge and i think that's where creativity is going to come into play i was thinking about that actually this morning you know we have gen z defined by the iphone 2008 was a mortgage crisis the iphone had come out and it's almost like when there's a global crisis the the technology can take a leaps and bounds why because it is under stress that we grow it's under stress that we innovate and so having this come out after a pandemic the world is ready to reboot and we're going to see the finding of a different generation where emotional iq is going to be more important and creativity because everything else can be done and and then automated 100 percent, it's a different generation that's coming which i'm taking a little joy because gen z refers to me i'm y right um they refer to everybody over the age of 30 as a boomer and so yeah yeah, yeah right i'm happy i'm happy that they're getting old now. <laughs> that's <laughs> to get old it's it's interesting you know this world i don't know about you but you know if i was to look back four years ago and talk about the pandemic and now this ufo stuff i would be thinking i'm living in a bad movie you know what i mean like it's like all the bad movies together like we got this pandemic now you've got octagonal ufos that are being shot down it's like i feels like uh there was a movie what was it with um Will Smith, when they had the um, the aliens come in. Remember that movie? I forget what it was well, called. You know, um, I, don't, I was thinking of Cowboys versus Aliens, but that's oh not Oh, my God, Smith. that one, too. Yeah, yeah, with Harrison Ford. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah. you look at it, it's like, I mean, it's unbelievable, actually. You can't write this stuff. It's like you couldn't even have a movie script that's as cool. I wouldn't even watch the movie because I would never believe it. There's a balloon with three, you know, with a tractor trailer sized uh, equipment on it. Then you got this octonal shaped uh, UFO stuff. But, you know, as we go forward and we start to learn more about the universe, we're going to start to explore things, right? There's 6 billion Earth-like planets in the Milky Way, estimated 2.2 trillion galaxies in the universe. There's a lot out there. And at the same time, you know, just like you said, we got to take care of the planet that we're on. We, you know, we got this wonderful, beautiful planet. I don't know about you, when we talk, look at Mars and we talk about colonizing Mars when Elon Musk does, I don't know about you, but like, I don't like Death Valley either. And it's like, that's like a bad Death Valley. It doesn't, it's not so. Yeah, but you know what? I think reaching for the stars is a good aspiration to have. You know, keep your feet on the ground and worry about what you can do here to make a better planet and all that. And the, a more just and humane world. You know, that should be the point of technology, creating a more just and humane world 
while allowing dreamers to dream big. It's those big dreams that we go after that make life and commerce and everything worthwhile, right? The, the yeah. flying bikes, you know, the, the founder of uh, Hardcore, he brought uh, snowboarding to Japan. And now he's working with those flying bikes. You, you saw the flying bikes, right? No, no. And the, there's those flying bikes that it's like a, uh, I think in, in the Middle East, they're gonna use them for police force. They're, flying bikes? Flying bikes. I know you were in the oh, e-bikes. Oh, you were the one that had the, uh, the like, quadcopter yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, I've seen them. Oh, I'd yeah. love to have one of them. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then e and e-bikes and what you've managed to do there and stuff like that. So the thing of making a more just and humane world and a, a place where we can all live peacefully and healthily, you know. But, I mean, going for the stars, I mean, that's the moonshot, right? Yeah, I had a friend, uh, Wesley Prophet, who was the first African American to graduate from Harvard undergrad and graduate school, and he used to tell me, "Doesn't matter what the only thing he learned at Harvard was it doesn't matter how great you are, in the room there is somebody better, unless you landed on the moon." Now he graduated, you know, back when, uh, you know, in the '60s, so it's a different story. But I mean, making it to the moon, making you know, space travel. And that technology, what we can do, you know, a lot of a lot of venture capital is used as risk capital. It's not about that one piece. The jet engine of Howard Hughes wasn't about the viability of jets. We had planes. What do you need? What do you need jets for, right? Yeah. But all the ancillary development that comes along in trying to make something else happen, something bigger than ourselves, you know, Sansar with uh, creating a digital duality, right? and having a metaverse concepts and things like that. So creating new economies and, and, yeah, no, and you're building right. wealth. I mean, we got to go down through, you know, we got challenges in front of, we got eight, we got 8.1 billion people on the planet. By the end of this century, we have 13. We got to double the food yeah. supply by 2050 to feed everybody. You can't increase the number of cattle because 26% of pollution is methane bass from cows. We've got to come up with different ways uh, we got to increase. I think we're going to have a faster growth spurt than that. We'll have a faster growth spurt than that because with AI and and all that taking, you know, half of the jobs becoming obsolete in the next 15 to 25 years through that, you know, we're going to have a lot of free time. The largest transfer of wealth in the history of mankind, $56 trillion, is about to go from the baby boomers to Gen Z, right, or X, Y, and Z, or millennial. Anyways, that transfer of wealth plus the fact that we're going to have this free time yeah. with, with technology, we're going to be making more babies faster. There you by go. the end of the century, the 13 billion, right? Well, it sounds like a lot better environment. You know what I mean? It sounds like. <laughs> the thing is, you know, who gets paid if there's that much money that's being made by these systems? Well, then what about the individuals? Will there have to be universal basic income? Cause there'll be no jobs for people who, how does that work? I mean, we have another set of parameters we got to work through, right? How, what's your value in the society if you can't work because you've gotten displaced by this, uh, you know, this chat GPT four or whatever it becomes five. And that's one of the things actually in the book, uh, around the middle, middle of it, we start to look at what is the effects on art and technology to social change. Yeah, and all that, and and really the expression of self. And so, if you think about what are we going to be doing, how are we going to? We're gonna, hopefully we become art lovers. We appreciate each other's uh, 
auras and presence, right? And and things. I mean, that's that is one like, that's one that value you can't another, change. That's another Star Trek movie. You know what I mean? They had the situation where I don't remember there uh, which one it was, but they had this um, omnipresent force that basically mm -hmm. was a computer. Do you remember that it controlled everything? And you had these people that were just yeah, like in a utopian. It was a utopian yeah, world. Utopian. It was crazy. It was yeah. like, yeah. But it, I mean, yeah, that's I what it was coming, right? I don't know. Uh, Roddenberry sure knew what he was talking about because he surely was nice. And I just saw a device, by the way, that was like a tricorder that will look at the frequency of your cells to figure out if you have a disease or not. And it's wow. like a tricorder, like a real tricorder. And so it can tell if you got cancer without doing any invasive stuff. And it's also got the capabilities to be able to take that signal using harmonic resonance and turn it back on your body to actually modify those cells. So they're looking at beautiful. Yeah, it's interesting. The healing power of sound. You know, my, my yeah, my wife is um, you know, is a psychiatrist, and we actually we have a friend at the coffee shop we talk to who who does study in sound healing technology, you know, and, and how the sound can can help. Um, but you know, the thing about movies and television and all that. When I was at Wookie, we're creating a way to animate the contents of the web. That's why we bought Samsung. And one of the things we did was we created a small commercial because it was easier to fabricate or make a storyline of what we wanted to do. And then from that, so I mean, if you think of Star Wars and Star Trek and all that, and then young kids see it and they're like, that would be cool. Get smart with the Apple Watch, right? If you yeah. remember, uh, what was his name, Max? Max Smart? Yeah, yeah. What's his um, uh, agent ninety nine and um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember, uh, uh, you know, and loving it, chief. I remember that he had the watch and um, yeah. And, but the, you know, those things became real, right? It's like yeah. the pieces that we had. We talked about, you know, the science fiction becomes reality. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? You know, even with the cell phones. Yeah. You know, the the first flip phone, the Star Trek, Star Trek. Many years ago, I remember they looked like the freaking. Those were great. Remember that? Those those were, yeah, I like those little. They could fit in your pocket. You didn't have to worry about all kinds of stuff, and you know, you weren't worrying about checking your email all the you time. You never pocket dialed somebody. Yeah. Never pocket dialed somebody. Never. Well, those are the days. Anyhow, there's a lot going on, and um, you know, it sounds like your life has fundamentally changed. How long did it take you to write your book? By the way. Okay, so now we're going to come to the, the truth of the, of the whole thing of Chad GPT, right? Yeah. Um, I, used, I used it to write the book. That's why it says, and human with Chad GPT. And I covered many different subjects from personal development, business ethics, sports, um, art history, social change, all kinds of stuff. And I try to make it where I'm just sharing, you know, a lot of people, they get a new technology, they don't know how to play with it. So I wanted to share my first time playing with the technology. Um, it's 140 pages. Um, AI and I wrote it in an hour. Well, now how did you get down through? Because you couldn't write, I mean, only accept so much text, right? Well, and that's the thing. I used my experience in search, you know, and, 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 and creating a way to animate the contents of the web, along with a, a gentleman named Garnet Cheney, who was a leader in the um, functionality of the search bar. So I, yeah. I knew how to talk to it, you know, and how to draw out 
And I also show in telling a story of, of different, I, I also show where it has weaknesses, where it can be a little bias and how to make that bias. Uh, so you wrote it one not, hour. Now, did you do it a paragraph at a time? How did you do that? No, from beginning to end, from beginning so, to end. So how, but how do you only can put so much in chat GPT though, right? It's only can be like a couple paragraphs. It doesn't come out with pages and pages, correct? No, there's, there's a way around it. There's a way around it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There's a way around it. That's and, great. And, and you see, and what I did was, um, other than the first, you know, the introduction and the ending and uh, here and there, you, you see my influence over it. And it's supposed to be kind of like a conversation. Imagine you're at a dinner party and everybody's talking about different subjects around you and you're listening in. And that's what the what I did with Chat GPT. I took it out for, you know, for a party. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's so, great. So you and did then that. I just wanted to share it right away because the idea is, you know, to give it to the public and let it let it soar. So people can start to imagine how they would want to do it. Now, the, the beta version, which has come out, the beta version, um, they now have a pro service, which I, you know, which I might use for the next book. But you can, you can write a, you can write How a much book. is the pro service? How much does that cost? Oh, it's cheap. It's not that expensive. I really? don't remember exactly, but if I was willing to sign up for it, you know, it wasn't that expensive. Wow, that's amazing. So the pro service, what do you do? Just go to ChatGPT. Where do you find OpenAI or where did you go to find the for the audience out there? Where do you find the service? Open OpenAI. You go you go to OpenAI. The problem with uh, ChatGPT right now is that capacity. You know, if you remember uh, a lot of technology that just skyrockets at capacity. Um, but what what I'm pushing through at Hardcore with Sigma Waves is to create because that's an enterprise you know, grade technology company, right? And yeah. and they have they have uh, like a hundred engineers and things like that from Japan and India and all over the world. And so what I'm hoping to do is kind of boost it to enterprise level of uh, of technology, right? Because there's unique characteristics when you have so many users on board or you have so much data points to do to go through. You know, we see the web go from finding something, right? Let me go look up something on Google to creating something. Let's let's have Facebook to now it can create your own and you can monetize it. Now, I think it's and great. So you, of the future. Have you have to share the profits with OpenAI. How does that work? We'll find out. We'll find out. I'm sharing the profits right now with Amazon. I see. It's interesting, though, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just to keep the lights on, just to keep the That's lights great. on. That's great. Well, you and got. I, I think can... you got the lights way on. I'm sure. You know. By the way, do you still have your sailboat? Well, okay. Funny point. I do still have that sailboat from the last time, which was a 30 foot Bristol. But I bought a 39 foot Yorktown, and so we're actually going to take it out this weekend. Um, you know, I have the uh, 40. I had a 47 foot in Florida. And that was nice and spacious. The 30 foot was just to see if the kids like sailing. But uh, if you know somebody, I have an extra boat now if you want it. It's yours. Wow, that's great. 30 foot Bristol, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. You know? Wow, that's It's amazing. a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Your kids like it. And it sounds just, like your wife likes it. You know, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she loves the boat. She does love the boat. That's and uh, well, you seem really yeah. calm now, John. You calm down a lot. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. told me that. Well, it was I was in a hectic mode of of you know creativity. So now it's it's nice, you know. It's nice. Settle down, you know. Working away, supporting friends, you know. Yeah. And talking about Africa, for example, I have a friend that has CribMD that what she does is um, they provide doctors. You know, it's like an Uber for doctors, kind of like the in-court Uber for lawyers. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, because uh, Africa is a big market, you know, and, yeah. and it's untapped. It's been, you know, it hasn't been really commercialized, you know, by Nike and Adidas or whoever. Right. Well, so it's not almost everybody. You got, you got 54 countries and you got a lot of different cultures and you got some yeah. danger in some of the countries, too. It's not like you got to be a little bit careful where you go. But the good news is it is a growing market. You know, it's just like any other place. You got to know where to go and who to talk to. The, um, but there are opportunities out there. Listen, we're coming up to the top of the show. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to get together with us. So closing thoughts and how do people get a hold of you? All right. Well, any time for you, Gary, is a pleasure for me. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm at intakefunding at gmail.com. That's my personal email. The book uh, is called AI and the Human with ChatGPT. I use the name Jack Short because I'm newlywed and her last name is Short. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me via email, that's great. If you want to do via text, it's 415. Five nine zero zero six five zero. That sounds great. And Listen, uh, Gary, it's a pleasure. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. You know, it's great seeing you today. And to my audience out there, thanks for joining one more time. GSD presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. And my name's Gary Fowler, and I am your host. Stay happy, stay safe, and stay healthy. I'll be back again Thursday with another exciting edition. Thanks, John, for joining, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in one more time. Thank you.